0: On today's episode of Before Anyone Else, What Should I Do After a Breakup? featuring Tanika. Welcome back to another episode of Before Anyone Else. I'm Keith. I'm Joyce.
1: And I'm Amanda. Follow us on social media. Our Instagram is at baypodcast, where you'll find new episode alerts, memes, polls, and you can even slide into our DMs with your audience questions. We're also collecting listener feedback on our website, baypodcast.com.
0: Today's audience question comes from someone in the UK. A single female asks, what is the difference between talking and dating? Hmm.
2: (laughs) <laughs> mm. okay
1: quick quick let's try
0: to find these we're, <laughs> we're stumped, stumped too.
1: <laughs> yeah so stumped i've been asking this for like what since i like hit teenage years like i it's so layered to me still and i still think like people use it so entertain like use the two things so interchangeably
2: i feel like talking is when you are a young person or someone who like isn't in something serious, and you are just talking to this person till three in the morning, and you know you don't claim them, and they don't necessarily claim you, and they could be talking to tons of people
0: because it's Multiple
1: just people. talk, yeah, right? it just talks. Talk is cheap. <laughs> yes, <laughs> say it again louder for the people in the back. <laughs>
0: um,
2: and then dating is like um, more purposeful and like serious, and usually comes when you're a bit. Older, or you just like have plans to actually be boyfriend and girlfriend. I feel like talking leads to what are we? Leads to I've been talking to other girls, leads to like I'm gonna string you along for a couple months. Who hurt you, Joyce? Who hurt you?
1: It's very non It's very non committal right like in its essence talking like there's no there's no intent there like what is exactly to your point Joyce? there's where does that lead
0: what is the purpose of talking like what is the end goal to
1: to get to know each other
0: okay and what is the purpose of dating
1: also to get to know each other
0: yeah so what is the difference i still don't understand like can you also to
1: me talking feels more casual talking is casual
2: dating is like like I feel if you're dating someone, you're seeing them regularly, like you're checking in on them, like you're like going out on dates, actually going out in public with them, talking. You can you can be talking to like I, I'm thinking about back to high school. I was talking to people, but there are people that I was talking to that my my friends didn't know I was talking to because we were just talking. Like it wasn't that serious, or like it wasn't public. Yeah. We weren't. Maybe I wanted it to get there or they wanted it to get there, but we both weren't on the same page. Hence why it remained talking and never moved on to dating.
0: So once again, I'm going to use my <laughs> my sales background <laughs> oh, to, to come up with an analogy. But when customers come to me, if they're talking to us, it's more like the research phase. But when they actually start, you know, um, getting serious about it that's when they start dating us and they're like okay let's get a proposal out and let's start talking numbers now yeah, yeah. so is that yeah. where, that it can it.
2: happen it yeah. can uh-huh. happen in that way but it doesn't always because you if you are a person and i'm just because i'm a female that's the perspective i come come with if so if i'm talking to someone and I know that I want to, I see something in them that I really like. And I'm like, yeah, like I would like to be in a relationship with that person and see something there. I would make sure that that talking phase becomes something more. Like I wouldn't allow the talking phase to go on for too long or it remains the talking phase to the, you know, he was trash. Uh, phase, <laughs> yeah, and I don't like talking <laughs> like, about him. And it wasn't that serious. And he ain't shit. That's what it yeah. can become. But if you know what you want, and maybe are with someone who is open to the to the idea of dating, then I think you can like make that talking phase into a dating phase. Take take me out. Like, what are we doing with this? Are you serious? Because I'm not going to be on the phone till three in the morning um, uh, every night. Like, do something real.
1: I think that's when you find out what their true intentions are, right? When, like, you actually ask the direct question up until that point, it's just talking. <laughs> like, I think people, even when and I it's think a sca- school, people get so far ahead of themselves, yeah, scapegoat. Like, I think, I. I actually really like your analogy. <laughs> I thought I was going to hate it, Keith, <laughs> when you first said you had, like, a, a sales, sales analogy. analogy. But, sales you're, right, fine, but you're right. Yeah, but like, he literally <laughs>
2: just swapped out the other person in the relationship to a salesperson. Like, he didn't yeah. it. Yo, it, wasn't, so it wasn't a great Good analogy. Point. It was when they come yeah. to us, they talk. And then when they're serious, they date us. <laughs> but also the whole sales,
1: the sales analogy, the idea of sales, like, yeah. you're selling. It is. There's something yeah. like, a yeah. connotation to sales, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's Keith. I'm not saying you're the greasy sales guy, but I'm just saying there's like that there's like maybe a misconception or you're like maybe not telling the whole truth. I don't know. Right. Like there is. Yeah,
0: you're you're promoting. First of all, you're promoting yourselves and you're still doing research on the type of thing that you want to buy or whatever. But when you start dating is when you actually, you know, start using the product and maybe you have a 30 day Policy. There's so many ways I could talk <laughs> oh about this from a sales perspective, but this is not a sales podcast. But I, I can see so the question here, and maybe we could flip it on a more modern way because there's dating apps now, and there's a lot of talking that happens in dating apps. So does it officially become dating when you actually physically get to each other and start doing that? Or is dating still You know, okay, now we're officially dating. Like, there's still a difference. I feel like,
2: yeah, because you can go on a date with someone, you can go on two dates with someone, but you. Doesn't mean that you're dating them until you're properly dating them. I feel yeah, like we you're still we, talking. We, yeah. You're still you're still well. I wouldn't. You're still even, doing the
0: research, I, like you're still I, doing the. Uh, you're interviewing. I, think, I know.
2: Yeah, I I feel like there's there's three different there's things. No commitment. Like if you're talking okay. to someone on 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 an app or whatever, and you're just talking, and maybe you do reach out and you you have phone calls here and there or whatever, but like I think about. Think about five years into the future when that person maybe isn't in your life anymore, and and you and you bump into them, and your friend says, "Oh, who is this?" How do you describe that person? You describe them like, "Oh, we used to talk, like we we talked on an app a few times." That's one thing, or it's like, "Oh, we went on a few dates because it wasn't serious. Just went on a few dates. It didn't work out. That's fine." Or we dated for a bit. We dated for a couple of months. Or like, oh, he's my ex because he was my boyfriend. There's different phases to it, and like I think. You can kind of tell the difference if you can think forward. How would you describe this person if this is where you ended it right here today?
0: And both of you, I think, have to be on the same page about that too as well, right? As in like myself, if I think I'm dating this person and the other person's still talking to a whole bunch of other people that's still talking to them, then we're talking right we're talking in, right? we're talking. in a we're relationship not, yeah. <laughs> exactly right <laughs> I've already bought a house with this person <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: I mean again like I guess we all haven't dated in a bit but like I guess I wonder how speak often for actually, yeah. speak I'm for still yourself actually <laughs> so, yeah I'm still, still no, talking
0: okay. <laughs> what are you talking about I'm still Trust learning no, no, still, no harm in I'm talking I'm still learning no I'm harm still learning
1: but I do feel like there's definitely like room for that miscommunication, probably with the added like layer of like dating apps, right? Like where everything is even more kind of gray. Yeah, but I think that
2: that's that the onus is on you.
1: Like don't
2: you don't have to no I guess like don't assume, but also like you're you're it's 50-50, right? Like you're in whatever kind of situation with that person. So if you don't want to be talking to someone for too long. And you know that you are, then make the change. Like have those conversations. It's uh, like I don't know. I don't. I don't think that we're so that we're that we're, we need to be so passive in any sort of situation. Like you also have a say. So if you think, if you know this person is talking to ten other people and they've made that clear to you, and you want to take it a step further, it's time to have the chat. And if you're scared about having the chat because you know where it's going to end, and it's not going to be what you want, then get out. <laughs> on today's episode of before anyone else we have a special guest with us today we're joined by tanika from the youtube channel unattached and unbothered tanika could you give us like a little bit about yourself what you do in this space and a little bit about your relationship history
3: yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Joyce. So I'm a content creator and founder of a YouTube channel and brand called Unattached and Unbothered that seeks to empower single millennial women and encourage them to live their best lives and to love themselves fearlessly, unconditionally and unapologetically. Um, You can kind of think of me as someone as a cross between like rihanna and sue johansson if you remember sex with sue (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good way of like putting it in terms of my relationship history uh for a lot of my life i'd been a relationship person like in high school i always had like a little high school boyfriend and then i got to university and i had like met what i thought was the love of my life or who i thought was the love of my life um we were together for nine years it just didn't work we grew apart we weren't going in the same direction and since then that was 2017 i've been single ever since and just living my best life going through different phases dating having whole phases you know you know <laughs>
0: i <Nice. laughs> love it yeah maybe we could start off with how you dealt with your breakup so how how did you deal with your uh breakup when you got to that point
3: i am not going to lie like at first it was very devastating um you're with someone for 9 years like that's almost a decade um He was a big part of my life. Our identities were definitely intertwined. I kind of knew, though, like years prior that we weren't going to (laughs) last. You get you get flags, right? Sometimes you get feelings and like as women, we have very strong intuition. Um, So I had signs and I just kind of kept ignoring it and making excuses. And you get complacent in relationships after a while, too. A lot of people don't like to say that, but you absolutely do. And you're just comfortable. So. For me, even though I had kind of felt that way, even when I did finally pull the plug, it was still just like, oh my God, like, we're not actually going to be together anymore. And like, when I verbalized that to him, like, I knew there was no going back. Like, that was it for me. I'm somebody that, like, once I make up my mind, I'm like, my mind's made up. So... At first, it was really, really hard. Like, I packed on a bunch of weight. Um, (laughs) I was eating. Like All my friends were always taking me out. Like, let's go drink. Let's go drink. So, you know, that was kind of how I first dealt with it. (laughs) And then, like, I was just, okay, like, well, who am I? Like, all right, now it's not Tanika his name. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but him anymore. Uh, It's just Tanika. So like, let me find myself. What do I like? Like, what interests me? What am I most happiest about? Like, what are my hobbies? Because everything we were doing before, we're like always together. Like I was helping him build up his company and it was like always like a focus on that. But what can I do for myself? So I just really tapped into that more um, affirmations were a big part of my healing journey and getting back to myself It's something I strongly encourage women that are especially in long term relationships where their identities are tied up like that um, to do. And to practice, I started exercising a lot to lose all of that breakup weight, (laughs) trying to get like a revenge body. But um, one thing I definitely took a little bit of time to do was just like get to know myself. And that's something that I definitely highly encourage. Like don't just jump into something. Um, a lot of people like they're like, oh, like the best way to get over someone is to get under someone like, nah, you're going to get fucked up. Take that time and just like live and like get back to being who you were or being a better version of yourself even.
0: Yeah. So that, that kind of brings up a. a I kind of want a deeper dive into this whole um, working on yourself. Do you do you want to maybe provide some color on what you mean by working on yourself?
3: Yeah. So by working on yourself, I'm talking Almost like soul searching, like you're doing the internal work. You're reflecting. Reflection is very big. You want to be introspective in a time like that. Like a lot of people get defensive in breakups. I don't know why I think it's ego, but like, it's all their fault. It's all their fault. But it's like, okay, yeah, there's probably things that the other person did that definitely led to, you know, the relationship dissolving, but what did you do too? Right. And how can you be better now for the next person? How can you be better for yourself? So it's definitely taking time to reflect to journal like i was journaling a lot of my thoughts down after a while like maybe about the first month or two i felt like i was a burden to my friends like always complaining to them so journaling helped me a lot just to like not always be dumping on people um and also helped me to just work through my thought process in the breakup and like reading like a lot of people think it's cheesy like reading those like learn yourself like love yourself happiness equation like it's not cheesy it's definitely those books are there for a reason they help people and you don't have to brag about it if you feel like it's corny you can just do it on your own like nobody needs to know so those are some of the things i definitely recommend if you're spiritual you know like meditation helped me a lot um i'm not necessarily a religious person if you are though going to church probably would help you too to kind of reconnect with yourself that way but meditation definitely helped me to just be more grounded and focused on Getting back to me.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you were really almost dating yourself then, right? And so were you relying on a lot of like friend time or like family time? Or was it just like thinking really, you know, deeply about what you wanted, spending a lot of alone time essentially?
3: I grew up alone. So like a lot of like growing up was like being alone. And so I d- I had no real problems necessarily being alone in that regard. Um, But I definitely took more time to have alone time. Like I said, at first, like my friends were always like, let's go out. Let's go out. So I did spend a lot of time going out with my friends, drinking, patios, like <laughs> restaurants. And then I did. I did spend a lot of time with family, too. Like my mom was very like worried and concerned about me. Like this is somebody they thought I was going to marry. So I just made sure that I was spending time with them, letting them know, like, hey, I'm not going crazy. Like, I'm okay, Like, I'll be all right. And that was even nice, too, like spending time with my parents and my grandparents, just like knowing that, okay, like love is out there. I'll be fine. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, yeah, it hurts now, but it's not going to hurt forever. And I think that that was really good for me, having that support system Um, because like they weren't judgy, like for the most part. Like there were some people that I knew that were just like, oh, my God, like just like trying to impose their views and like make it work like you guys have invested so much time and it's like nah fuck your opinion like I did what I did I said what I said like period
1: like, <laughs> full stop
3: <laughs> like, full stop I didn't ask you for your advice Shirley <laughs> uh,
2: that's so tricky though like if you've made that decision like okay like I'm moving on to this next phase of my life and I know that this is better for me and you're trying to heal and trying to like you know think deeply about what you want in the next phase of your your life and yet you have to deal with those kind of comments and people's opinions about are you sure you made the right decision and second guessing yourself through that like i can only imagine how just like messed up mentally that can be but like i love how you stuck to you <laughs> you're like nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah.
3: like once i knew it was done it was done like there's nothing anybody could have said to like change my opinion but it's hard though like you have some people like that you date that are basically are your family at that point, right? Like your whole family knows them. Your friends know them. Like you guys are always hanging together to just have that divide now. It, I, I get it. Like my mom to this day still talks to my ex and it is what it is. Like I'll never tell her not to talk to him. Like they have a good relationship. They have a good rapport, but it's just like, I would love for you guys to respect me as an adult and like understand that I'm capable of making sound decisions. So leave me the fuck alone. And if you guys want to date him, he's so good, then go date him.
0: I, I don't know if you, um, If it was just automatic, but was there a specific moment um, after you were like, you know, having your hot girl summer and just kind of uh, (laughs) having uh, fun with your friends where you actually realized, okay, maybe I should focus on myself. Like, what was that turning point if there was that?
3: Yeah, it was almost right away, though, that I realized I should focus on myself um, because I felt like I had lost myself in the relationship. And that was also a big part of why we had broken up because I just was like, what do I even like doing anymore? Like all I ever do is stuff like that you like to do. Like all I'm ever worried about is like your concerns and your needs. Like almost immediately I was just focusing on myself and like, I was like getting more massages, just like doing like the general like self-care kind of thing, like taking care of myself. Um, and then it was like a little bit of the hot girl summer, but it wasn't even a hot girl summer like that. Like I was just partying with my friends. Like I wasn't really like giving out my number or trying to entertain men or like the thought of getting into something new. So yeah, it was pretty much right away.
1: Yeah. And you had mentioned the positive affirmations. Were there other things? Because obviously, you know, I feel like for a lot of people to get out of a breakup, some people feel really, you know, like hyped up, motivated. You go through like this almost like fluctuating periods, I feel like after a breakup where it's like, how do you kind of bring yourself back, like uplift yourself throughout that process? Because again, like sometimes you're hyped, sometimes you're like really, you know, low about it. And then obviously the peanut gallery kind of like feeding into your mindset, you know, whether it's family, whether it's friends, like how do you maintain that positivity? Yeah, so the meditation
3: and the affirmations were big. Um, It was something that a friend of mine had recommended, like, pretty much right off the bat when I was going through it. Because, like, she could see, like, my self-esteem was crushing that relationship a little bit. And she was just like, you need to, like, get back to, like, thinking of yourself as being, like, that boss bitch, like, that hottie, you know? So the affirmations was a big key. And also having my list of non-negotiables. So, like, almost right away after getting out of that relationship when I was journaling... I was also like writing down like what I would look for in a partner in the future and like qualities I like qualities I didn't like. And like my non-negotiables, like I had a whole list of things I just wasn't willing to compromise on. And like that, like also helped me just regain my confidence. Um, And like I said, I got back into exercising after I had put on that weight and that also helped with my self-esteem a lot. And just like, at that point, I was I pretty much felt like I was unfuckwittable, like you could not like mess with me anymore. Like, I'm not taking shit like this is me, like like it or not. Like, that's it. And I feel like doing all of those things helped me to get to that point in my mind where I felt strong enough.
0: Going back to the support piece, having good people around you. um Did you have to, like, disqualify people from giving you that support? Like, how did you kind of deal with that? Especially because you're not going to get good support from the right people, like you mentioned before, right?
3: Yeah, like, there were some friends... one friend especially in particular that was mad shady and like during the whole like breakup was just like doing random things sending him like random posts like just like stirring the pot like we still had good lines of communication at that point where we were still just checking in like hey are you doing okay type of thing like between us it just wasn't like a hard like fuck you it was like all right like are you good like all right cool so he would let me know And then I was like, why is she doing that? So like I had the conversation with her right off the bat to just be like, you're not a good friend to me. You're clearly just trying to like start drama. And this is not it's not one of those breakups that were like drama filled. It was what it is. And that's it. So don't don't be that type of person. So like people like that, there were a couple people like that on his side and at my side that I just ruled out immediately. I had like an aunt that was always just trying to tell me like true love prevails. And I was
1: just like, <laughs> you, don't,
3: you don't tell me anything, lady. <laughs> no, <laughs> we are not going to talk about this no more. Like, leave me alone. Don't ever bring it up to me. You can talk to my mom about it if you want, but don't talk to me about it. And I just set those boundaries right away because it was getting annoying. Like the first two times I let it slide, like, all right, you know, she's older. You respect your elders. I'm not going to say like just diss everybody, but at the same time, an adult. Yeah, I'm not I'm not about to like let you run over my feelings because you have an opinion. So I just had to be very like firm in that.
0: Yeah, a lot of people kind of thrive on other people's relationships and just kind of seeing those not only like... um not really fail, but yeah, I would even say they kind of like enjoy seeing the the fire and seeing the drama come up. So it, it's always interesting. Back in high school, we would always kind of be like, "Oh, if you break up with her, or if you break up with us, you know, we're gonna come after you." And you know, it's 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 the whole squad that's coming after you, right? And it's so childish, right? And it's it's time to like. Get rid of like it whenever I hear stories about like people going back and yeah getting more involved in it, you're just kind of it's an unhealthy way of letting go right and it's not really letting go you're just kind of holding on to it, so it's good to see that it, there's more mature ways to to handle this. What about the positive so that was like the negative what about the more positive like you mentioned your parents just kind of sitting down with them and helping them understand um your mom who loves uh loves him. Yeah, she does. Right? <laughs> right? Like how do you kind of nurture those?
3: Yeah, I think it's just being open and honest. Um, you know, I think that's the best way to nurture or not to nurture, but to handle any of those types of like situations. I just let my parents know, like, hey, like this is what it is. You're not gonna see him around anymore. Cole's notes, this is why we broke up. Um, and that's it. Like they don't need to know the full T. I don't think anybody really does. It's none of their business like that. But I was just being open and honest to my people so that they can support me to the best of their abilities. Um, I feel like sometimes people try to sugarcoat. Like I had a friend when she broke up with like her long term partner she was like making up all these lies and like they would just start to unfold and you're just like why did you say it was this and it wasn't that like she she (laughs) can't even keep up yeah she had been cheated on but she was just like trying to like cover that up and i was like like we would have supported but anyways like you didn't have to tell us all you didn't have to make up a lie to just say that you could just say we broke up and we would have not pride like as being your friends right so i think always being open and honest is key and just letting them know how to best support you if like some people are very private And to an extent, like that was hard. That was a hard pill for me to swallow, especially considering how much I had fantasized about the future. So I just let them know, like, give me my space at first. Um, I will obviously still answer your calls and like talk to you guys when I see you type of thing. But like, I don't want to always be talking about this. And like, I don't always want to be here, like having you guys make me cry thinking about this. So I want to talk about this once. If you have any questions, ask me now and then hopefully it doesn't come up again type of thing. And I think that's really helpful because communicating to people and letting them know how they can show up for you is a good way of having people actually show up for you.
2: Yeah, it's the same thing that we see in like other relationships, though, right? Like when when we say, you know, if you're in an intimate relationship, that person can't read your mind. You have to like tell them how you feel and like what you need from them. But I think we sort of forget to bring that into our other relationships. So it's important to communicate like this is how I need to be loved right now and cared for. And like that could change as well. And I'll let you know when I need something different. But like, please respect this is the phase that I'm in. And this is what I know will help me right now.
1: I guess I feel like a lot of people are in those long term relationships. You know, I feel like there is a part of them that's that kind of holds on to it because of that. Oh, am I ever going to find somebody better? Or like, is this my soulmate? Is my soulmate like truly out there? Um, There's a lot of that, I think, like internal dialogue with themselves where they're just, is the grass greener? And I think that's really hard to, you know, part with for a lot of people. And that's what keeps them in those really long term relationships, even though, you know, like they're not the happiest necessarily. No, that's absolutely true. And I can say I was a victim
3: of that for a bit, too. Like, I can say maybe around the five, six year mark, I was like, eh, like we're two different people. I don't think we're ever going to get to where we need to get to. I was like hearing my friend's dating stories, which were horror stories in the city of Toronto. <laughs> <and> <laughs> probably in many other cities <laughs> around the world. And I was like, damn, y'all dealing with a lot. Like, no, I don't want to deal with that shit. Okay, I think I think I'm good where I'm at. Like the grass is not green. the grass is not green, or like abort, abort, abort. And then like I just stuck it out. And then it got to a point where I just couldn't anymore. Like I couldn't ignore certain things I was seeing. I couldn't continue to put up with certain shit. And I'm like, all right. I'm taking my chances. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping That's like,
1: jump
2: out there. <laughs> That's really its not it, isn't it? I'm taking my chances. Like, I don't know. I don't Let know what's on see. the other side, but damn, it has to be something different. It has to be something different, what I'm dealing with.
3: And it's been rough, but I don't regret it.
0: So so let's actually talk about dating um, right now. So you've come out of this, uh, you know, recapping your your uh, history here. You were in a very long relationship. Then you guys broke up um, and, you know, you're, you're you've kind of bounced back or maybe during this bounce back, I'm pretty sure dating is involved somehow, right? So maybe you can give us a a bit of color there on how you're kind of balancing this and how do you come out of that?
3: Yeah, so you remember I was talking about not rebounding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i didn't rebound right away um the breakup happened (laughs) like around february (laughs) and then like one of my longtime friends we'd been friends since high school he had just kept like pinging me like let's go out let's go out and i just kept being like i'm not ready like i'm not fully healed like i'm not ready to date and then finally he just pretty much like sprung it on me in august so i'd given myself what's that like six months or so and then we went out and then we started talking and things got serious so that was like my rebound and uh, let me tell you that was like the worst thing i could have done like i still wasn't fully ready to date but because of how persistent he was being i felt like and he's my friend i was like all right like you know let me just see where this kind of goes and i should have never done that it should take taken more time um yeah he's an asshole and that was that and then after i went back to being single And just like that's where I've been ever since, like just not really seriously talking to anybody. I've been on the apps for a bit. Like I tried Tinder. (laughs) That was interesting. Um, Meeting like friends of friends, going to like games nights, meeting people there, pool parties, stuff like that. But yeah, nobody that I've actually like really, really clicked with long term. And that's fine.
0: So when it comes to like this dating and I just want to compare it, you've been in a relationship for a long time. Do you ever feel like, oh, um, I definitely want to go back to that? Like, um, is there a struggle around that? And then you might be seeing, you know, friends on Instagram and friends talking about their relationships and all that. Is there a way that you kind of push forward and you're like, no, I want to make sure I'm picking the right person and all that. Like, how do you kind of go through that?
3: Yeah. So like, I absolutely know what I want. So I'm very firm that I like in my belief that I don't want to settle. So that's always been like my anchor. Um, even when I see like, for example, like I have younger cousins than me, like they've started their families now and stuff and it's cute and I love it and I support it. And like, I'm a firm believer in true love. Like I think it does exist. I just don't think that I found that for myself yet. And I'm optimistic that one day I will. And that the right person will find me. So I just always hold on to that belief. Um, in the meantime, I'm just having fun and living my best life. Like, I feel like, and a big part of the reason too why I had started unattached was at the time when I was going through my breakup and when I was like getting out of that situation with that with that friend, I didn't feel like there was a lot of support online or even like within the community um in person for single people to like thrive like i was seeing like all these memes being like oh like (laughs) crying like sad girls like you know (laughs) what i mean like the single life sucks like blah, blah blah and it was like damn like this shit's mad negative and depressing like i don't know i i'm feeling pretty good like being a single girl like i don't feel like it's that bad it's kind of liberating so that's that was a big part of why i had started it because it's not a sad story like I feel like a lot of people don't appreciate their single time enough. Like this is a time to thrive, like figure out who you are, make your fucking money, like build, have fun with your friends, go on those trips. Like once you start getting into a serious relationship, it's not to say that all those things end, but now you have another person to consider and feelings and stuff like that. So this is the time to really just do everything and anything you want to do. And that's something that I've grown really comfortable with and that I'm happy with. Even though like some people just don't get it. They just think I should be crying all the time and like on apps just actively looking. No, like that's not me.
1: I also think I love that you mentioned the media representation of the single girl because like it's not, you know, that story over and over again. It's kind of it's kind of told the same way you know like it is woe is me or like the spinster you know what i mean like, there's so yeah. many like <laughs> negative words and yeah. not, like liberating or words. like it's like and then people always assume oh the reason she's single is because of her you know they put that like onus and like that burden it's like never the guy you know the guy who's done something it's like what is like you know what's her issue i did a speed dating for the first time back in february last year 2019 And I'm on the
3: speed dates, like meeting all these different guys. And this one guy sits down in front of me. He's like, oh, like, you're beautiful. And I'm like, thank you. And he's like, so why are you single? And it's like, that (laughs) tends to always be like the thing. Like, why are you single? It's like a negative connotation. Like, "Mm, why are you single? Like, you're here too. Like, what the fuck are you asking? What's wrong with you? And he proceeds to tell me, he's like, you must be crazy, Right. And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "The be- you're beautiful and single. Like you're crazy. You're crazy." And I was just like, "Boy, bye. This,
0: this is why exactly. You're yeah, this is exactly <laughs> why, <laughs> why you're single."
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's so cringy And I've seen that Like um, on that new show On Netflix Dating around And in the first season I remember there was A woman who um, Was divorced And she was still Relatively young She got married Really young And um, she brought that up Just to be like Kind of honest From from the get go And she says that To this guy And he just judged her He was like What did you Like what did you do wrong Like how could you Have like failed In a marriage And it went so deep And like she had to Like end that day early And
0: was this the Indian girl? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. that
0: was a ridiculously awful episode, but it also showed a lot more of an issue of how people don't understand that culture. But uh yeah, sorry, go ahead, Joyce. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, that, but that, it, that, it's, that, but also that, just that, like how
2: men yeah. kind of like react to things like that. Like uh, it, to your to your point about like the speed date, they almost sort of think that like. It's almost a compliment. Like, how could that happen? Or You know what (laughs) I mean? But it's like... (laughs) Backhanded. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But it's like, it's not working, hun. That's not the way to go about it. Like, let's go deeper into like... You know, where am I at right now? And maybe what did what did I learn from that relationship and, and things like that? But not how could you be single? How? Why? Why? What is going on in in you? There's nothing negative about that.
0: Uh, I mean, speaking as a guy, <laughs> I can definitely <laughs> yeah, agree. Guys are
2: shit. Yeah, guys <laughs> are like when,
0: whenever I hear a lot of these stories from the, the women in around me. It's it's just amazing how a lot of guys do not have game or do not know how to act around a woman. But um, yeah at the same time single life like I was definitely one of those single guys. But for us for sure guys it's a lot easier to be in that single mode because it's not it's not it's shameful. Yeah it's not mm-hmm. yeah exactly yeah. it's not yep. shameful for a guy to be single Right. But for some reason, for women, it is um, double standards. Yeah, exactly. Right. Th- that That's exactly the reason why it is.
3: Like when you think about it, right, like women from from childhood were basically taught like, OK, grow up, get get married, like have kids like men don't get that same narrative. And I think it's definitely something that needs to change because it's very like toxic.
2: Being single and like in this like phase in your life and knowing that like what keeps you going is that you know what your standards are, you know what you want and that there there is the assumption that that person is out there and at some point you will meet that person. Do you ever kind of wonder what if that person isn't there or what if this takes longer than maybe? Because I think sometimes like myself, I've had like, A timeline even though i don't maybe verbalize it to everyone i still have them in the back of my head i wonder if like you've ever thought that as well like shoot i think it's gonna take this long or this is what i'm hoping for but what if it doesn't get there do you ever have like a fear around that
3: yeah so i don't ever have a fear around that that's a really good question um to your point though definitely as women i think we all kind of subconsciously even have a timeline um if if having kids is something that we do want And I'm actually prioritized. We obviously know biologically there's a clock. So that's something that is in the back of my mind. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, if that person doesn't, if I don't meet that person soon or ever, like, how do I feel being alone? And I think that a a lot of the work that I've done to enjoy being my time alone has allowed me to really be comfortable with the thought that it might not ever happen. And I'm still fine and happy on my own. Like, I'm good love. You know what I mean? And like, for example, like my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, yeah, whatever, she has her kids and stuff, obviously, like I'm here. But she was never, she was never (laughs) married. She was never married and she never like actually found that, that life partner until recently so at 76 she ended up wow. getting married wow. you know what i mean like so cool. not to say that i want that to be me but it's like <laughs> it's, it's a possibility like it happens yeah. maybe 60 <laughs> you know what I mean? maybe at least 60, right? yeah. <laughs> and like she's happy and like i just remember like my whole childhood and everything just seeing how happy she was like she'd go on cruises with her friends like she'd be around the grandkids and like just living life and having fun so i don't think as much as to me i valued like the nuclear family. And, like, having that perfect, like, family unit one day. Like, there's other realities out there that I'm totally fine with as well.
2: Happiness isn't just in that that idea of a relationship. But, like, you can find that same kind of happiness everywhere. And I totally see that in my own, like, extended family. My partner's parents, both are, sep- like, they're separated from when he was a kid. And they've never remarried. And they're both now, like, in their late 60s. And, like, the, her, his mom is every other month, well when we are actually allowed to go outside, (laughs) um, you know, she's, she's in Spain and she's in Portugal and she's in this and she's really enjoying herself. And she doesn't have that like desire. Like you you can tell when someone is, it reaches a certain point in their life, regardless of their age, actually, where it's like, they're hungry for it and like you, they're unhappy being by themselves. And then you see others, like you're saying your grandmother were like, All you can remember is her being happy and living her best life.
3: Like to me, that was very like I look back on that now and I'm like, damn, like I didn't even take it in as a kid to see like how strong of a figure that was for me. But now in this like period of my life, I can see like, wow, th- like that lady was amazing. I'm sure she probably had friends and family being like, Hyacinth, why are you not getting married? Like, you don't want to get a father for these kids. Like, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. there's a different yeah. type of pressure there. And like she just didn't. She just did her own thing. And I think I get a lot of my energy from her.
0: You know, kind of building upon that, like your grandma getting that type of energy. I'm pretty sure you might be getting the same thing too as well. Where people are, you know, hey, when are you gonna get married? You probably go to those, you know, reunions and they're like, yo. What's going on, your friends, etc. And I feel like women get a lot of that kind of pressure, Uh, like you said, since birth. How do you deal with that? Uh, Like, or how can someone deal with that when they don't have those kind of good role models?
3: I don't have no problem putting people in their place. Like I'm going to check you <laughs> don't come for me because you're not ready. So like when people come for me and they're just like, yeah, like, what are you doing? Da-da-da-da. Like you haven't met anybody yet. Like I have an uncle who's always asking me, so no boyfriend. And I'm like, so no girlfriend, like, <laughs> <leave me alone." laughs> like you yeah. can dish it. You're going to take it too. So that's m- usually how I like to combat things. And I just find it funny. Like it's not even to be a jackass, but it's like, don't, don't come for me. Um, I think another way people can, again, deal with those types of, like, (laughs) questions and people pestering is to just, like, let them know respectfully, like, hey, I don't appreciate you asking this. I don't think it's any of your business. You really shouldn't be asking, especially for women. Like, people have, they feel like it's their right to ask women, like, when are you going to have babies? And I feel like they don't take into account, like, the fact that some people may, A, not want kids, B, not be able to have kids. It may not even be something that they've thought of. Like you don't know like the inner workings or the behind the scenes of that person's life. So I feel like it's very disrespectful. I think there needs to be more of an education around like asking appropriate questions in regards to being women, nice marriage, and children. Be, even that is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> being nice. Yeah. And that's that's something that I strongly like talk that I talk about a lot on my channel. But um, yeah, just letting people know, I guess as respectfully as you can to how they're coming at you let them know like that's not their place and they shouldn't be asking that question
2: and then what tips do you have for like other people so for those who maybe aren't as like strong strong yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) sorry that's kind of a a diss to like (laughs) i guess the other people but what i mean by that is just um
2: you, don't you like went through a lot of, right?
0: or, you, yeah, or you've went through a lot of self care. So uh, I guess maybe that's the answer, but to get to who you are right now, you had to discover that, right? Or is that part of it? Or
3: yeah, no, I definitely had to discover that. I had to get real comfortable telling people that, um, and a big part of getting real comfortable telling people that was a lot of that work that I did for myself, just understanding what I deserve, right? Like I feel like when you know your worth, you don't let anybody really play with you or compromise that, and even though I'm more of an asshole about it, like it's finding your voice. So at some, like to deal with those situations, you will have to be vocal. You can't just sit there and they're dumping on you. And why are you not married? And you're just there like mute. Like you're internalizing that. That's not fair to you. You don't deserve that treatment. So the only way that you're going to know, or that other people are going to know not to treat you that way is for you to talk up. And that's why I was saying like, you can say it respectfully. Like you don't have to be a dick about it. Like, Hey, you know let's say it's your older brother now like hey bro like love you to death but can you not ask me these questions like it makes me feel some type of way like i don't feel good about myself like if you love me you'd stop asking type of thing and it just allows them to kind of okay i hear you i understand you all right like if they respect you they're not going to ask you again they'll leave it alone they might even apologize right um another thing you can do is get like somebody to advocate on your behalf So, for example, like one of my cousins, when she was going through her thing, she had a miscarriage and like everybody was just like, oh, like, what's the baby doing? It's like, fuck, she had a miscarriage, like leave her alone, you know? And it's like then she told her mom, she's like, yeah, like, I don't want to keep like fielding out these questions. Like, can you just like let everybody know like what happened? And just like and then that's something you can do, too. So like if you have people in your life that are like, when are you getting married? Like maybe it's getting a friend to be like, hey, like don't ask her those things. If you're comfortable doing that and if that person's like capable of advocating for you, that's also another option.
1: So, yeah, your advice is awesome for kind of, um, you know, kind of handling the peanut gallery and kind of how to be confident, um, you know, in those situations. But I guess I was wondering when people kind of move then into the next stage, which is potentially, you know, like dating more seriously or like finding that person, how do they. How do they like strike that balance of like not losing themselves or becoming like in a complacent relationship? What's that? What does that look like? That's a really good question. I think it's always making time for yourself.
3: So, for example, like in even being a single girl right now, not in a relationship. I have work, which is my nine to five. I have my brand, which is like a whole other like type of hours. I have my social life. Like there's a lot on the go every day. I try to prioritize five minutes just for myself five minutes like i try to maximize that to an hour but I, i'm realistic with my time i think when you're in a relationship it's also the same thing like you have to prioritize time for yourself like if you're living together it's maybe having a space for yourself even if you have if there's if your space allows for that but definitely like saying like hey like you know today i'm just gonna go for a walk or today i just want to like hang out like ha- can i have the tv today like there's just little things you can do to communicate with your partner to let them know it's nothing against them but it's just me making sure that I have the time to still be like me and do things I like to do. And if you are somebody that like likes to have your partner around, there's nothing wrong with that either. You can always try to incorporate them into the things you like to do. And I think that's also a really good way of not losing yourself, um, especially for women, at least women I know. Um, I can only speak from experience. A lot of the times when they get in relationships, they're always so quick to do what the guy wants to do all the time or like be around his friends all the time and like just fit into that life. And that effort is not always either reciprocated or asked for. And so um, I think it's very important that you still try to like, make sure that that person, your partner, is also blended into the things that you like to do and that you're putting forth that effort to make them know that that's important to you and you want them there.
0: Yeah. I think that's uh, one of the things that I learned. So I was, you know, you guys have heard this on this podcast many times. I was that one, I was supposed to be that single uncle for like the rest of my life, you know, living my life, partying, all that kind of stuff. The cool, the the cool uncle that shows up. (laughs) But eventually, I mean, there's this one person that came along and enabled me to continue, not really continue that, but have my own life, but at least, I'm happy to enough to still have a life with that person too as well. And as soon as I discovered that, I'm like, "Oh shoot, this is actually going to be pretty alright as far as a relationship goes." But men have always been uh, it's I think it's gross, but it's always they've always been taught that, "Hey, I don't even really like my wife. It's just, you know, I got married to her and it's like, hey, I can't even I can't even. It's such a like, you know, a uh uh I don't know, such a masculine, kind of weird, hyper-masculine way to think about it. But I can't go out with my boys. I can't do this. But It's like you're trapped. Yeah, <laughs> marriage yeah. is a trap. But I think nowadays it's changing because we're actually finding people that, you know, we could do things with their friends, but we could also have our own friends. And, you know, th- there is those type of relationships out there.
2: That's so funny. Like when... Taniko's talking about uh, like giving yourself like time and space. I'm thinking about my partner and how he loves to go on these like two, three hour walks. And he's just like, I just need to clear my head. And I'm like, why can't I come with you? And like, this is something that we can do together. Joyce you like walking one. on the sidewalk across the street. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get so mad. Or sometimes like, oh, I'm going for a run. And I'm like, why? Like, I get to, so, and we call it like exercise envy. Like, <laughs> I'm mad that he's like going about like doing his own thing and like, feeling good about it. And here I am just like on the couch doing, you know what I mean? And it's like, and I, and he always tells me like, he's such like a strong advocate of like just self-care doing what like feeds you, like doing things that, that, that empower you and help you make you feel good. And so he's always the one that's, cause I'm very much like a, like I, I can be by myself for a while. And he's the one that's like, Go out with your friends, like leave your phone. Don't text me. Don't call me like live your best life and do not think about me for the next six hours I'll talk to you when. Yeah. So like push, I think it's helpful when you, when to end to Keith's point, like having a partner who like allows you or pushes you to do things like that because they know it's important. um, Even if you don't see it all the time. Um, And then I think also because I am the kind of person that I can be by myself for a while when he does have to go and do things or hang out with his friends. Like I have to also let him do that and get over it. And, you know, so it's a bit of a balance, but I think knowing Keeping your identity, keeping your friends, um, and keeping the things that that you love to do and make you who you are are so important, regardless of if you're single or if you're in a, in a relationship.
3: Yeah, and I, I definitely agree. And I think to your point about like how supportive your partner is, like it seems like in your relationship, like nobody's codependent. Like, and I think that's why <laughs> you, <laughs> sometimes you it, flares it flares up. It flares up. It flares <laughs> up. I think you're just having fun in that moment. Like you're just like getting ahead of yourself. But it doesn't seem like unhealthy is what I mean to say. Like it's not an unhealthy codependency. And I think like a lot of the times you see those types of issues because one person or both people, for a matter of fact, are just really dependent on the other person for every source of like their happiness and who they are. And that's just not a really good way of being together with somebody like you should be two individuals that are whole coming together together.
2: I kind of think about it as like an interdependency. And I, I've done that like with a few of my friends, like as we go traveling where it's like, we can both do our own thing. You can be on this side of the town and I can be here, but we both know that there is that person and that person's still there. And it's okay. Like you have that kind of safety net, but you go and do what feeds you and I'll go do what feeds me.
0: And the, you know, even something as simple as like traveling, like uh, I know I have done it and like, Uh, I know a lot of friends where I will go travel with my friends and she'll go travel, but we'll still have our travels together. And it's I think the uh, the point is like the whole self-love does not stop at um, like at a relationship. It's not a solution during only a breakup while you're single, but it continues on throughout your whole life. And this partner that comes in needs to understand it. If we're talking about non-negotiables, I know we have another episode about this, about having a limited number of that. But like that's one of my non-nego- uh, non-negotiables non um, is having someone who can understand that to be your own. And it's not like a, you know, a, um, a relationship where it's that you melt into one person, right?
2: Yeah. Not I don't I don't even put them on a non-negotiable list. It's like that's just like human. Like you, yeah. it's like, you need to be a good person. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, but because of the dating scene, you have to add it to
1: (laughs) it. You can forget. You can forget. Tanika, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can our audience find you? So, um, you can find me at unattached and unbothered
3: on YouTube and Instagram and on Twitter. Um, Unfortunately, Twitter has character limitations. So, the Twitter handle is just unattached and un. (laughs) 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 I figured once you start typing in unattached, you'll find it anyway. So, I left it as that. yeah
0: <laughs> that's actually smart still
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i actually like thought about changing it so many times but i'm like fuck
0: it it's like, whatever yeah. Yeah, you could be um, so uh go- unbothered <laughs> about it <Yeah. laughs>
3: exactly so you can find me um on those platforms uh new pers- new episodes of unattached and unbothered drop every monday at 8 p.m um typically yeah, so with Unattached and Unbothered, you're going to hear um, a lot of the same types of things I just talked about today uh, with you guys. Uh, you're going to hear ab- about my dating experiences. <laughs> like I did a IG live speed dating back in May and I shared a bit of that, which was very interesting, very entertaining. <laughs> uh, you'll get content like that. You'll get uplifting content, just showing you how to live your best single life, um, how to live your best unattached life. And like unattached doesn't just represent like single women. Women fully, it's also just being unattached to any like societal standards of how you should be as well, right? So it's 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 for everybody in that sense. Um, I also talk a lot about sex and women's pleasure and self-pleasure. I'm a big advocate for self-pleasure, aka masturbation. So you'll find a lot of content about that as well. And I have in terms of things coming up, COVID's ruined like a lot of the things coming up, man. Like, oh my god, that bitch. But I had uh, I have my two year anniversary of unattached and unbothered in August, and so I was planning to do another installment of Girl Talk, which is um, something I launched at my one year anniversary last, last year. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to make that a virtual event. That's not just a Zoom like meeting. And, like I wanted it to be like a fun like party type of thing. So I'm still trying to brainstorm that. I'll definitely post on my channels and my pages uh, when I do have that all sorted out. Um, I don't think we're going to be opening up outside to have big gatherings anytime soon. So that's coming up my two year. And uh, I'm also going to be releasing an e-cookbook soon. Not really unattached related, more just like personally related because I'm a greedy bitch. and I like <laughs> So I decided to uh, do like a mini e-cookbook that I'll be releasing end of the month. Thanks so much.
2: I feel yeah, empowered. I
3: might just break up with my
2: family.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Girl, stop.
0: I'm attached, yeah. bothered. Who
2: needs him? Hey. Yeah. Still <laughs> I don't
0: want to. I broke girl, up. Somebody. Hot girl. <laughs> hot girl summer. Let's do it. No. <laughs> yeah. COVID. COVID-19 to have a Hot girl
1: summer. In COVID? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: COVID 2020. Jesus. Let's do it.
1: You'll have like a three block radius.
0: <laughs> That's a new challenge for me. Let's go. <laughs> Honestly.